Well, here we go, the Downward Facing Spiritual Spiral podcast. I am laughing because, of course, as soon as I press record, my cat Leo walks into the studio. I think Leo was a, a movie star in another lifetime. Leo, what's up? Making yourself known. So yeah, you know my name. I'm Eddie Cohn, host, creator of the Spiritual Spiral podcast. My apologies for a slight delay, especially to Larissa. We spoke about a week ago. Um, So my apologies for a slight delay in this release of the episode. Um, It's been, in a good way, just a very busy five, six days recording a lot of music, trying to put the finishing touches on music. (laughs) <laughs> taking care of my cat Leo. So and I actually do have a few other podcasts in the pi- in the pipeline that I'm sort of in the midst of editing also. This episode with Larissa is available to the public. Everybody can listen. I am releasing some episodes specifically for Patreon subscribers. So if you're interested, I'm going to be talking about Chrissy Teigen. I'm going to be talking about Cardi B. I'm going to be talking about this insane world we live in. I I went to a party last night. It was a group of about 15 people, and there were no masks anywhere. And and I can't begin to tell you how amazing it felt just to be around human beings. And unfortunately, the media and the world, it feels like, doesn't want any of you to be around human beings anymore. So I'm going to talk about that um, on the podcast. But for now, today, you get to listen to an amazing conversation I had with Larissa Corso. Her, her Instagram handle actually is Larissa Marin, M-E-R-Y-N, and I'll, of course, tag her in the notes for this episode. But I thought Leo, my cat Leo, has taken over the show again. No, Leo. Leo, get down. Come on, get down. <laughs> I thought it would be good timing to have Larissa on the show. I'm, not, I'm laughing because, gosh, my cat's nuts. I thought it would be a good time to have Larissa on the show because she's a financial strategist. And I think now more than ever, and we don't like to have these conversations, but money is more important now than ever. And I know the government thinks that they're taking care of you by offering you $600 a week for two months, and they're still putzing around trying to figure out if it should be 300 or 600. So be that as it may, they don't have to worry about money. So they can argue and debate and the reality is that these politicians have no clue what's going on really because they're still getting paid. So these sort of $600, $300 handouts, while of course they're helping people temporarily, we really have understood how important money is. thought it would be really important to speak to Larissa right now, not only because she just became a financial strategist, but She firsthand has understood how important it is to save because I could tell just speaking to her that her, through her upbringing, she had to deal with money a lot. And it's a conversation a lot of us don't want to have. And I thought it would be great to have her on the show. And also this pandemic, this is when she became a financial strategist. So she completely changed her job. So I thought it'd be a really good story. And it was, it's a great talk. And I met her, I feel like four or five years ago. And the other thing about Larissa that, you know, I I sort of am thinking about as I'm recording this intro, she's always this amazing energy and you feel it immediately when you're around her. And, And the world right now is lacking human to human energy, or it feels like that's that's sort of one of the major downfalls 
when it comes to the government's plan where everybody just needs to social distance, stay home, wear a mask. People aren't, you, you don't see smiles. You're not around other human beings. And after I was speaking to Larissa, I just felt more energized, more alive, more positive. And that type of behavior is obviously lacking right now because of these lockdowns and shutdowns. So it was just a reminder of how valuable it is to be around other human beings. So you can find Larissa on Instagram at Larissa Marin. That's M-E-R-Y-N. I know her as Larissa Corso, but she's on Instagram at Larissa Marin. Um, again, if you enjoy the show, please head over to iTunes, give it a review, write a review, give it a five stars, share it with your friends. I'm going to be releasing Patreon episodes for subscribers only. So visit patreon.com backslash Eddie Cohn. You can also visit my website, iameddiecohn.com. I'm also a musician. I'm going to be releasing a lot of music over the next 12 months. So you can find me on Spotify. Uh, you can find me on Bandcamp at Eddie Cohn. You can find me on Instagram or Twitter at Eddie Cohn. So you get the drill. If, if you type my name in Google, you'll find me. So thanks so much. Big thanks to my friend Larissa for joining me on the show. I thought it was a wonderful and fun conversation. And that is it. As always, thank you so much for listening, supporting, and being a part of the Downward Facing Spiritual Spiral podcast. I appreciate you doing this and talking to me. Heck yeah. I'm like, I'm really excited about this, Eddie. Well, I want to talk to you about what was going on. Well, there's a lot I want to talk to you about, but I know we have like, you know, about an hour or so. What was going on with you where you felt like you needed to make a shift professionally? Because I felt like you wanted to shift even before the pandemic, but maybe I'm misremembering. But, you know, sort of let's flash back to like six months to a year kind of before the pandemic or maybe when the pandemic started, what was going on with you personally, professionally, where you felt like you needed to make a change? Well, I didn't know I needed to make a change. I knew that things didn't feel right, if that makes sense. So in for the last 13 years, my capacity of working in the fields I've worked in, there's always been a financial component to every, almost every single job I've had since I graduated from college. So in my head, money was always very interesting to me. Um, but my jobs, you know, I, my jobs, I was working in architecture. I was working in interiors. I was working in construction and I loved the people aspect. I loved connecting with coworkers in my most recent job. I was connecting with clients and that just like filled me up. So, you know, when I was laid off in April, so I was laid off the first week of April and I was working in construction and construction just kind of shut down. Right. And I was sad for a hot second. And then I was like, it's okay. It's just, it's not meant to be. I'm financially, I'm going to be fine. Like it, I'm not really worried, but you know, as I'm searching for jobs day in and day out and nothing's coming to me, it was like, it gave me that pause to really be like, what do I want to do? Like, I know I want to do something with money. I know I want to be involved with people. I don't want to be sitting around a desk, like 
helping someone balance their budget sheet for a company. Like I want to help people. And, you know, my story of like growing up with parents who were always struggling to make ends meet and then, you know, having to send myself to college, being the first kid in my family to go to college, I had to pay for all that. So, you know, full circle, I get out of college and I've got a hundred thousand dollars worth of debt and I'm struggling to make ends meet. So, you know, over the past five years, I really got serious about that debt journey and paying back that debt and becoming financially free and having an emergency fund and not having that great fear around money, which has been a constant in my life since I was nine years old. Um, it's so, so this- funny. Like, I don't think you were worried about money at the age of nine, but I have a, I have a sense you were around people that were worried, which probably like obviously emotionally trickled down to you. I mean, yeah, there were, <laughs> there were times where my dad couldn't pay the child support. And when the child support doesn't get paid, there's, you know, maybe there's no new clothing or maybe there's not enough food on the table or maybe, you know, you can't do extracurricular activities or go on crazy field trips because that money's just not there. So that's like, I obviously wasn't paying my own money to go do stuff, but that's what my parents' job was. So I always felt that fear. Like I can't go ask them for money for this field trip because I know they're going to just say they don't have enough money for it. So yeah, it wasn't my own struggle. Like I never got an allowance. So like, but ultimately, it my parents' struggle became my struggle. So yeah. that sits deep in my tissues and like, you know, just some financial struggles that I've seen my dad go through even to this day, it really made me want to give back to the community with the knowledge that I have, with my experiences. So getting out of debt and learning all those tools and doing this on my own was really powerful. And that's where I found my passion existed, which was to help other people realize they don't have to struggle. There's a way to get out of this. Matter of fact, I had sat down with a girlfriend like two weeks ago and we sat down and we created a budget for her and she for the first time in 40 something years, looked at how much debt she had. So just think about that. She had this debt accumulating, but it wasn't until she was in her forties where she's like, maybe I should look at that number. And you're right. Like it's an emotional thing and people don't want to look at it, but to look at it and to have control over it is the first step. You know what's something I've struggled with? And I I was really sick as a kid. So I sort of obtained this attitude of, of living for the day. And I ha- you know, I have some debt, but it's to me it's very manageable. And I've always fought this struggle and I've I've struggled inside my head with saving for the future, but living for the day. Because I don't want to save and think about the future because my time here is is limited. Um, of course, I don't want to be working at a desk job in my 90s, but I struggle with saving, saving, saving. Um, I have debt that I feel comfortable about, 
but I, I struggle with saving for the future. And then am I taking away from, you know, living carpe diem, you know, for the day? So there's a way to do it all, hmm. Eddie. Like there, there is a way to save money. There's a way to invest money. There's a way to pay off your debt. It's all about paying yourself first. And you can do all of these things if you lay out your budget the correct way. So, you know, for me you're right. It's important to me to be able to have money to go out and do fun things and not worry about it. So every time I get paid, I put into an envelope, a hundred bucks, 200 bucks, and that's my fun envelope. And then, you know, in this other envelope, I put in money so that I'm saving for my future. So it's a balancing act. Like you have to pay yourself first and you have to be able to do all those things at one time. And there's a way to do it. And I think something that a lot of people don't look at is, you know, where exactly their dollars are going. Yesterday I had posted on my IGTV um, about how I use a zero-based budget, which means, I mean, now with my new career, it's not, um, it's not like a paycheck every Friday sort of deal. So it is going to be, it's going to be transforming here, but like in my last job, I got paid on the first and the 15th. So I knew that exact amount. And what I did was I took that exact amount. I made sure all my bills were covered. I looked at that extra and I said, okay, well, how much do I want to give myself for groceries? How much do I want to give myself for fun this week? How much do I want to give myself for, a vacation sinking fund. So you you want to zero out that budget. You really want to stretch it. And what a lot of people don't do is they don't really investigate it. They don't know where the money's going. And they're just like, well, I have money in my bank account. Like, I'm just going to go spend it. Yeah. And it doesn't work that way. You shouldn't have money in your bank account. Every single, you should be telling every single penny in your bank where to go. It shouldn't be sitting there because that's when you're tempted to say, look at, I got $500 in my account. I'm going to go buy a new turntable, you know, just because the money's there. Well, how much did you put to your debt payoff and how important is it to, to pay off your debt? Like all it's like a vehicle, right? All four wheels have to be turning at the same time. And you know what? How are you going to feel if you're like, well, I just wanted to live my life to the fullest. How are you going to feel when you're 90 years old and you've got, yeah, you got these great Nike shoes, but you're fucking working behind. Sorry. Am I allowed to swear? You're allowed to swear. It's fine. Okay. And you're 90 and you're sitting behind a desk still. Yeah. Because you wanted to live life to the fullest. You wanted to carpe diem. And now, you know, you're in your 90s and you're still working. So it's important to do all the steps at once. And, you know, I'm sure if you looked at your money, you could get yourself out of debt pretty quickly. And then you would have more money to say, I want to go buy this new Speedo <laughs> or <laughs> my, that thir- my $30. Why'd you say Speedo of all things? Because I was listening to your podcast last night about the. Oh, that woman. This went the, yeah. What would, so, what, what, did, what did, I forgot what her bathing suit said. Sassy. That's what it said. 
I wish people could see my eye roll. That just really <laughs> hurt my brain. So the real quick story is, if you haven't listened, I, just one of my other episodes, somehow my podcast got, she listened to an episode Larissa did, and it brought her to one where I was talking about this woman who went to the Santa Monica pool. This wasn't a recreation pool. It's It's a pool where like, you know, serious triathletes and people go to work out. And she went there and wore this really sexy one-piece bathing suit that said sassy on the front. So she jumps in, she does one length of the pool to get her hair wet and sort of get that sheen going. And then she pulls out her selfie stick and camera and starts taking selfies for five minutes and then Wait, leave. you had a selfie stick too? Oh yeah, selfie stick and, and oh, yes. God. So that's the world we live in. <laughs> so that's what we were referring so to. So so that's why Speedo came to my mind. <laughs> so more about money really fast. I, what are some, I don't want to give all your secrets away, but you're right. Like money is this, this strange, we all have a unique relationship with it. And I even think about social media and I know we'll talk about that later, but we all sort of have a unique relationship with social media. Um, and I, I have really felt, thank God I've had money saved right now. I've lived a very precarious life in the sense that my job was all commission. And then I also was a DJ where, you know, who knows what I'm going to make there. And then I'm a yoga teacher. And then I'm also a musician and, and money sort of like comes and goes. So it is amazing how if you have even just like $10,000 saved, it does add this sense of relaxation where I can't imagine people, and this is, I guess my question and point to you is, this is what frustrated me so much about the, the government. These guys are putzing around over 300 or $600 a week, but they're still getting paid. I do think about all these people in the society right now that aren't getting that extra money from the government. I, I just, I worry about what they're going through. Yeah, I, I can't imagine what that feels like. And I can't imagine it feels good because, you know, I hit my emergency fund goal in July, actually. And it wasn't even like a sense of relief because at that time in July, I had no employment. I had nothing, even though I had like $24,000 sitting in a bank account, I didn't have peace of mind. Like, because in my idea, in my opinion, I was like, I don't want to touch it because what right. if I start touching it, then then what's going to happen? So, yeah, it's a scary it's a scary time. And I I feel heartbroken for individuals like that. And I know, honestly, that's 80 percent of the United States. Oh, I think higher. But maybe, you know, better than I. But I, I think it's probably higher. Yeah, I think. 80% of the United States is living to is living paycheck to paycheck. Yeah. And as far as the data on how many people have a $1000 emergency fund, I have no idea, but honestly, how far is a $1000 going to get you in a pandemic that's lasted us freaking 6 months? Yeah. That's gonna, yeah, that's that $1000, that's my share of my rent with my boyfriend. That's yeah. one month of rent. So, and I you know, we kind of lucked out with the spot we have and how much we pay. But if you're living in LA, that extra 300, 600, like you got to have a, a game plan. Yeah. So you know, I, I, I'm thinking, I think opportunity right now. And I, I, I get a little frustrated with companies like Amazon who are obviously reaping the rewards right now. But I would think 
um, as somebody who's working in finance right now, that I, I just I think it's a great transition for you. I gotta believe that people are thinking about money now more than ever. What are yeah. some What are some? Give me one. Why are you big on cash? What's the deal with you and cash? Because you even posted something the other day. What's What's your story with cash? And give me one suggestion that you would give uh, listeners just when it comes to the way they handle money. Um, it's a sense of feeling it and seeing it. So I write down, like I give myself X amount at the start of the first of every single month. I give myself $600. That's, you know, I don't get all crazy with breaking it down at the start of the month, but $600, that's going to be food. That's going to be play. That's going to be toiletries. That's going to be house supplies. That's going to be any discretionary spending. So as I mentioned on my IGT yesterday, I also do little cash savings. So like every single month, it's a different challenge. So maybe one month it's to t save $20 every single Friday. Maybe it's save a dollar every single time you buy something, or maybe it's save every single $1 bill, every $5 bill. It's a different challenge. But for me, it's, it's seeing it. It's seeing mm. the cash build up. And if I see $600 in my wallet and $600 in my bank account, I'm actually less likely to spend it out of my wallet because I don't want to see that pile shrink. Like I want that pile to stay as big as it can for as long as I can. Whereas with a credit card or a debit card, it's a little bit different sensation. You're not probably not tracking that expense. Like I come home every day, I have receipts. I track that expense. I write it down. I know my exact balance. So for me, it's, it's like a mental thing to be able to see the cash. And I know people think it's absolutely crazy that I do it, but I mean, this year alone, I have like $1,500 saved up just in cash. And I wouldn't have had that money if I was doing some sort of debit card challenge. Like it wouldn't have worked yeah. that way. You know, it's interesting because I'm, so, I'm a debit card kind of guy. I rarely ever carry cash. But just talking to you, you're making me, you're inspiring me to want to take this challenge on and have just, let's see if I can save up a thousand bucks in cash in the next couple, like few months or something. But my, my question or thought really is, it's weird. It's almost like, in this weird, strange way, debit cards feel so convenient, and it probably subconsciously makes people think they have money that they don't. It's like the ease of, of just whipping it out and, you know, these the Apple card and pay, and you don't even have to, like, type in your, your PIN anymore. It's like it, the world is making it so easy to spend, 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 right? Yeah, of course. And it's... Like you're, you know, if you're like, I want to go out for a coffee, it's going to set me back seven to $10. Like in that debit card transaction, it's so much easier. But when you got to pull the, the $10 bill out of your wallet and hand it to someone, it's like making it a longer transaction. It's making you think twice. Like ever since I like that, honestly, when I switched over to an all cash method, that's when I got so serious about just paying off the debt. When I was able to see the money and like, see how far the money could stretch. And you knew I'm working with this limited budget. Like how far can I stretch this? How much can I have left over on the 30th of the month? 
Like that was my end goal is like saving as much as I could, but also, you know, doing the things I wanted to, which is I want to buy organic groceries and I want to go get my eyebrows done. And like, I want to do these things I want to do still, but I'm just having a more, refined relationship with those pennies and those dollars because I see them and I can feel them. At what point did you realize that you were in trouble financially? Not necessarily you, but you were like involved in a household where money was a problem, where did you get the sense that something was wrong? Do you even remember? Uh, There's a couple of things that have happened. Um, This was Super Bowl Sunday in, well, that's when I totaled my debt. So I I guess maybe I heard somewhere like, you know, we're going to be paying off our college debt till we're in our 40s, whatever payment plan you choose to do. And I was like, hell no. Like I, I, I'm 30 right now. And you're going to tell me I got to be in debt for this many more years. And then I kind of started listening to Dave Ramsey. A friend actually introduced me to his book and I read it and I got fierce. I was like, the fear was put in me. Like you need to get out of debt because if you come out of college with, with $60,000 worth of debt, and then you tack on 20 years of interest. Do you know how much money that is? It's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking to think I got out a lot better than a lot of my friends did. And a lot of my family did who, who came out with $250,000 worth of debt. I was lucky. I was poor. So like I got grants, I got scholarships, I got financial aid. So like 60,000 for a four year private college is not bad, but when you pile on top of that, you're going to pay interest on all that money for at least 20 years. That was what lit the fire. Yeah. And I sat down Super Bowl Sunday. I totaled up all my debts and I just got to work. Like I put my head down. I became super lame. I didn't do anything fun. I stopped going out for dinners. I stopped going out for coffee. I did go on one pretty big trip, but I actually cash flowed that trip. So like I knew I was going away on this trip. I put aside $200 every single time I got paid. I went to Portugal and I paid for the entire trip with cash. Wow. So I, I would say ultimately it was like reading up on Dave, uh, Dave Ramsey's little path to getting yourself out of debt. That's really what lit the fire. I didn't ultimately stay with his plan because I didn't like it. And that's when I discovered another um, influencer, uh, the budget mom. And I really liked her system. And that's what helped me really just buckle down and get out of debt. And I was just convinced, like, I want to buy a house. Like, like maybe it's not going to be in LA, but like, I don't want to be renting forever. So, but if I have these college loans, how will I ever buy a home? And like in my head, it was like, I can't be in debt and then go buy a home and be like in double debt. So, you know, I just, you have to get, you have to have a why, you know, you have to have a, something inside of you. That's like, why do I want to get out of debt? And I think that's the first and really important step is what's your why? 
You know, like, do you want to be able to build a home? Like my dream is I want to build a tiny home on a piece of land that's overlooking a lake or a stream or an ocean. So that's what drives me to wake up and to get out of debt and to make money and to hustle because I know my long-term goals. I also know like my one-year goal and my five-year goals, but like having a why is so important and like looking at the situation you're in and then making a plan. But you know, a lot of people, they don't want to take those steps because like you said, money is like a very emotional topic. Yeah. I was, I was thinking maybe it was during that time at yoga works where you weren't spending any money on, um, going out or nice meals or something, but you were going to the library to read because every time I would go to the yoga studio on main street, you were always in the front row by yourself, lying on the ground, reading. And one of those days, I finally entered. Nobody ever said hello to you. So I was like, I need to say. I was a cool kid. No one liked me. Yeah. So I uh, said hello, and uh, the rest is history. So it was probably around that time where you were, like, trying to save money, I imagine. Yeah, I think so. Because that membership was not cheap. No. Uh-uh. <laughs> Yeah. No, you got to get, you got to get frugal like that. Like I am such a frugal liver, but I live a good life. Like I live in a beautiful apartment with my boyfriend in a great side of town. I eat organic food. I just bought my best friend a plane ticket to come out and visit me. Like I live a good life, but I also live within my means and I don't need, you know, my car is 12 years old. Like I have no intention of buying a new car anytime soon. It gets me by, yeah, it's old, but it drives and it works. So just, it's about living within your means and not trying to be flashy, which so many people just want to be flashy and buy a brand new car or I need to have the latest Mercedes or I need to have the latest fucking iPhone or, or whatever it is. Like, what, what, why? Like, where's your importance? Where is the, how is, uh, yeah. I, get, I get so frustrated. Well, you, you really actually, um, I'll, I'm talking quietly cause it'll be our little secret, but you shouldn't be frustrated because there's so many people out there like that, that you're going to have so many clients over the next 10 years, 15 years, they're going to ask you for help. So you should be enthralled. I know actually, you know, that kind of <laughs> something I wanted to say, when you mentioned like my career shift in the last six months, we've been having numbers that have been out of this world, whether that is people that need a job because they've been furloughed, they've been laid off and they've shifted over because this is a very teachable thing. Like we can teach you finance all day long. You go out, you get the licenses you need. Like we can teach you whatever you need to learn. So there's that side of it. Like me, like I, I became part of this company because I was laid off. But then there's the other side of these families that, you know, aren't protected. Don't like if they lost their job, what do do they have in place to be protected? So a lot of people this year are really getting serious about their finances because of what happened. So our firm is like it's off the hook and which, which is great. But, you know, there's still that percentage of people like, I try to connect with people all the time and every day and, oh no, you know, I'm all set. I've got an, I've got an accountant or I've got that. Like 
it's not about that. You know, it's about bigger picture. Like I have a, I have a financial advisor too, but there's stuff that I've learned in this industry that he never knew about because it's not his expertise. So yeah, yeah, people are, people are getting more serious, but I still get so frustrated when people are like, nah, I'm, I'm cool. Like I'm in uh, however many thousands of dollars worth of debt. I don't need your help though. I'm good. I got this. Like don't clearly you don't have it. Well, transitioning here, um, and I'm not trying to you know, speak highly of myself. It's not, I'm not trying to talk about like how good my podcast was or something. But I wrote an article and then recorded a podcast a few days ago. I just, it's weird. It's weird to sort of like be angry or make negative comments about a world around me when especially publicly on a social media platform, when I realize every day how lucky I am. I used to be really sick as a kid, and, and I'm like, this is the best I've ever felt. And I just did a photo shoot for my new record, and I was looking at the photos, you know, trying to pick the ones that I like, and I was like, damn, you know, I'm, I'm like really look good and healthy. And I was just, not in this sort of egocentric way, but I was just sort of like, just proud of myself that I'm in my 40s and I still like and feel really good and I feel very lucky and grateful for the things I have but despite all of that I can't help but get frustrated by this um, obsession with phones and texting and people I I almost feel like writing a science fiction movie where a boy is going to be born or girl doesn't matter and their vocal cords aren't going to work and it's because I feel like like 200 years from now, people aren't going to talk anymore. Yeah. And so I sort of started writing a piece about that. And I feel like with it, people don't have manners anymore. People are just don't have this desire to actually talk and communicate as a just it's easy to just send a text. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know, like what what resonated with you? Um, with what I was writing and, and sort of like the basis of this podcast, but what what about what I wrote or said resonated with you? And we can talk about it. Yeah, I mean, and I don't want to say I've come out of this unscathed. Um, I'm fortunate enough that like a cell phone wasn't put into my hands until I was 16, until I until I was able to drive, and that was like, hey, Laris, like I need to make sure you're safe when you have now that you're driving. So here's a little Nokia phone and like you can send like four letters and a text. So like I'm I'm from a different world. So, you know, it scares me to think about what is happening to kids and like I need the I'm 14 and I need the newest iPhone and I need the newest MacBook or whatever. Like I can't, it's very hard for me to really get behind it. But I guess what resonated with me and then, you know, I had so many emotions last night after I listened to that. And it really just put a lot into perspective for me. Like, oh, I'm not the only one that's feeling this way. Like when I'm really trying to connect with someone or like, you know, a lot of my friends and a lot of my family, they're on the East Coast. So it can be difficult to like find that time. But Like sometimes I'm just so desperate to like, let me, I just want to see your face. Like just get on a, 
fucking FaceTime with me. Like, I just want to see you. Like, I don't want to text. I suck at texting. I suck at grammar. I suck at spelling. Like, I just don't want to do it. So like, it really resonated with me. Like my boyfriend travels a lot for work. So, you know, sometimes he's in another country, another time zone across the country. So, you know, we've struggled with that because, you know, it's not always easy for him to like pick up the phone and call or, you know, he's multitasking. So he can't do a FaceTime. And I'm like, well, I can't do the text messaging. So like, meet me halfway. Like we've had, we've had arguments about this for the last two and a half years, just kind of finding that happy medium of like, how can we fulfill each other? Like I need to talk. I need to hear, like I'm a very passionate person. And if I text, you're not going to know my passion or my conviction unless you can hear my voice or see my face. So when I listened to your podcast last night, you know, I, I first off realized this is why I like Eddie so much because he's not afraid to call at any time or FaceTime. Like it's something I really love about you and like just having that connection. And then I realized like how many people there are in my life that are just like, eh, fuck that connection. Like I'll just send you some cute emojis and, and that. And it's like, yeah, those feel good. But like, could we talk maybe like I haven't talked, I haven't seen your face in a month. Can we, can we talk on the phone or FaceTime or something? But it's like, yeah, somehow talking, it's weird. Somehow talking his, it feels like it's a burden for people. Like the act of talking is too much to ask of someone. Like you're inconveniencing them. Yeah. And I don't, um, I think part of the reason why I've loved this podcast so much is like it, it almost it forces people to they have to put the phone down. I need they, they have to give me their attention for an hour. I get to learn about them. We have a talk. And and it's not even just for my podcast, but I, I do know that I feel more energized and alive talking to somebody, hearing their voice. Even now, like I was sort of, my energy today was kind of, and, and, and now I like having you in front of me, I know it's recording, but it's, it's like my senses are firing and I'm soaking what in what you're saying. And it's, I, I guarantee when I hang up the phone, I'm like going to be energized and want to work out. It's just a completely different experience than just like texting each other all day. Yeah. It's like you're using all so many functions in your brain, right. To like have a conversation. So like, I totally get what you're saying. Like I could be in such a funk and then my best friend, Aubrey, she'll call me and we'll FaceTime for an hour and I'll get off the phone and I'll be like, Oh, like I feel so much better. Like it's all, that's all I needed. I needed that connection. I needed to like you know, when I'm feeling sad that someone will pick up the phone and talk to me and it just like, it's a rejuvenation. That's, you know, with this pandemic, like that's something that's, that I miss so much, you know, like going into the yoga studio and talking with my friends and seeing my friends or seeing my yoga instructors, like that's gone. Like going into an office and having that connection with your coworkers, that's gone. So it's been hard. Like, but I'm telling you, like I'm thriving off of like having conversations with you, like 
my best friend. I talked to my cousin the other day for like two hours on the phone last Saturday. And it's just like, I live for those types of conversations and you know, like I know it's probably like everybody list like Instagram, like listening to all my conversations, but now there's like a function on Instagram, like in the messaging where you can just talk into it. So you hold down a little button, you talk into it and you send your message. So like I have a friend in Boston and we've been talking that way and it's like, I feel so much better. And I always preface, like, I hate texting. Like I suck at grammar and spelling and all this stuff. So I rather just like say it out of my mouth and then you can like hear the emotion and then he'll respond the same way. But yeah, I, it gets, it gets everything kind of going in your brain. Well, the other thing that you brought up that I was just, that made me think was I, I do, again, I'm not like anxious about it. I I sleep well, but I do think about, we are going to get used, like my issues with tech, how it's dehumanizing us, creating a sort of this dystopian world where I just think there's more isolation, more anxiety, more depression. And now the pandemic's happened, so it's just amping it up even more because people now are scared to leave their house. And you're right, like those moments when you go to the office and like talk to your friend for half an hour, have lunch with them, it even the sound of your voice as I'm I'm listening to you, it does I feel the energy sort of pierce through my cells and all of that is eliminated and and I do like that I'm working from home now, and, and it's it's kind of nice. It's actually really wonderful in this weird sort of way, but um, I just think we're going to become even more isolated, become more dependent on tech. And I, I just I see this level of anxiety culturally, level of depression is going to rise exponentially because of what's happened right over the last six months. For sure. Yeah, and I, I have totally felt it, but... And, and to be completely honest, my boyfriend and I moved into this, this place like, uh, three months ago, wait, July to August to two months ago, we slept here together for three nights. He has been gone since then. So he just got back today. So I go from having a job in an office living in a home with three other guys to losing my job to moving to an apartment where it's just my boyfriend and I, and then my boyfriend leaving. So like, I totally felt it. And I have had some weird fucked up days where I'm just like, what is life? But like through now where I am, like I've connected with neighbors. Like I'm actually outside talking to my neighbors, hanging out with my neighbors, budgeting with my neighbors, drinking wine with my neighbors. And like, I didn't have that in my last house, but like just that connection has given me life where I'm like, okay, I'm home alone. But like my roommates, my neighbors up there, like I can go talk to her and hang out with her. So yeah, it's really, you have to be, we all just have to open our eyes. And like, if we're feeling that depression, we're feeling that anxiety, we're feeling that loneliness, that sadness. Well, why? Why are we feeling it? Because we're just all like faces down, humped back into our phones. And we're not looking up around us at the world and the people that are close by that we can talk to and feel better. So 
Yeah, I was feeling really bummed out about 10 days ago when I was going on a bike ride. My girlfriend and I go on these bike rides every Saturday, which are great. But this one particular Saturday, I was feeling bummed out. And I think I realized I was hitting this place where I really missed people. You know, even just like going to the like the grocery store, you might see somebody and have a conversation and just talk in the line or something. And everybody now just looks terrified. And you got your mask on, so you can't really like... Um, people don't even want to talk. You know, you can't see you can't see smiles right now. It's just there's something about the look of our culture right now that I'm having a hard time uh, navigating. Yeah, I feel the same way. It's it's really difficult. Like, and I'm such a touchy feely person. You always were really. You always gave me these big hugs at, at yoga yeah. works. Yeah. So like. I was at my office on for a uh, Friday. And so like, basically I've met all my coworkers via zoom. So I was at the office on Friday and Saturday for a convention and there was maybe 20 of us and we were like social distance or whatever. But like, I met this girl that like, she talks on zoom all the time and I finally like met her face to face and she gave me a hug and I was like, so happy about we didn't have masks on and she gave me a hug and I was just like I felt so good about that because I'm like oh my god we haven't had this in so long and like I felt like I knew this girl because like I follow her on Instagram I'm always on the zoom with her but I had never met her and then she just opened her arms and gave me a hug and I was like oh my god I miss that so much like I miss just hugging people that I want to hug yeah so it's and yeah, the masks thing, like not, be, I, I spent a lot of money on these teeth and I don't want them behind a mask. <laughs> like I want to smile and I want to show it. That's it's another reason why, you know, I'm kind of really enjoying these like IGTV things in a, in a weird way. Like I can show my face, I can show my passion, my compassion, my empathy. I can show like my feelings, but yeah, it's, you know, the mask thing and all of it is just so weird. And, you know, I just want to go to a yoga studio and lay an inch from your mat while you fucking sweat all over me. Like I miss that stuff. And it's like, is that just gone forever? So this is, this will be a great place to end the show. Like on a, on a light note here, because we used to practice yoga next to each other and I had all these rules. I'm insane. Because you don't understand, like, I I would take class with Larissa at this studio that could hold like 90 people and it's packed and it's hot and which is fine. I like that energy. But there would always be some idiot who like leans over somebody's mat, always my mat, uh, undoubtedly, and they would like sweat on my mat. And I turn around like, dude, you got to freaking wipe up or put your towel down. So that was one rule. Another rule is I can't stand when people breathe out of their mouths instead of their nose. So I would have like mouth breathing on my neck. And then that's, that's like my nose is so strong that like I could smell like garlic and soup and stuff. Oh, so yeah, I'd be like, Eddie, I just had garlic in my soup for lunch. Where should I sit in class? I Yeah. Oh, my God. That's so funny. I've been eating so much garlic during that like this time, like working from home. And I'm like, damn, it's a good thing. Like. I would, no one would like, like me, but yeah, remember we used to 
Yeah, I remember all your rules, but I was small, and I think that's why you liked me. I follow the rules, and I'm very petite, so it's like you had extra space whenever you were next to me. Yeah, I, it's true. I did, and and the chances of a woman smelling in class was always much less than a man. Like, yeah, you got stink. Yeah, skies just fucking reek, and like just by five o'clock, they just reek and smell, and it was. And they don't think about like their sweat and like leaning over your mat. Nobody would ever like they just don't they don't have manners. It's so when it comes to that kind of stuff. Yeah. Or yeah. their nose doesn't work so they don't smell themselves. Yes. Ugh, so the worst. Crazy. Yeah. So somehow you you tolerated my, my rules. <laughs> hey, yeah. I mean, I, I'm, a, I'm a rule follower and I really liked you. So I'm like, I'm not going to I'm going to make it work. I'm going to skip the garlic today. I'm going to skip the onions. I want to practice next to Eddie. I'm going to not have this uh, enchilada with garlic today. I'm just going to have a salad or something like that. So many enchiladas I didn't get to eat because of you. (laughs) That's funny. Well, how can um, people... So if people want financial freedom and want some help financially, they can find you on Instagram uh, at Larissa Corso. Is that what your handle is? I don't remember. So my hand, you can find me on Instagram. My handle is actually Larissa Marin and okay. I'm going to spell it because, and maybe you can like tag it out somewhere, but it's yeah. L-A-R-I-S-S-A Marin, M-E-R-Y-N. Right. And so I'll, I'll like, anybody, anybody can find me on there and I'm always looking for friends, virtual or otherwise. And I'd love to connect and, you know, help anybody out or, you know, maybe people are financially free and they're just looking for other options, especially right now. So yeah, come talk to me. Cool. This is great. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. Yeah, no, I I knew it would be a good talk and, um, Really happy that I I said hello. That, that I wonder how long it would have been till somebody else had said hello to you at Yoga Works. It's just like they just like yeah, you're the nerd that's reading. I, I don't care about her. Everybody was sort of it, it felt it was very clicky over there. Oh my god, yeah, <laughs> that was awful. I never would have had friends if it weren't for you. Because once I start, once I became friends with you, I felt like more confident. And then you were like introducing me to everybody. Yeah. So, but that was like. You popped my social cherry, so thank you. Yeah, of course. I was like, you know, she's reading. She's got to be reading something interesting. So, of course, it was like a self-help book or something. No, I'm kidding. I don't remember what it was. Okay. It was, it, I, yeah, it most likely was. That's 90% on my bookshelf. Yeah, yeah. Well, they've obviously helped immensely, so uh, you're, not, uh, you're not crying anymore. You don't even need yoga. <laughs> Yeah, I'm gonna do a 108 day yoga challenge though. Oh, that's right. Coming up yeah. October 1st, which I'm really excited about. Cool. So, well, well, thanks for having me, Eddie. You're welcome. Don't go anywhere. I really appreciate you uh, taking the time. Okay, thank you. <laughs> say, say thanks again. <laughs> that was a weird. You're welcome. <laughs>